We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday, the 28th of March, and you're with Tony Kemp and Louis Herman Watt and me, the Dagger, for your Monday to bring you all the sports updates for what went on over the weekend. It was all happening in all codes here and abroad as well. So to start the show off, we're going to go with a bang. Kai Carter France puts on an absolute clinic against Askarov putting him right in line for a title fight. John Morgan is everything MMA and UFC and will join the show just after 7 o'clock to react to yesterday afternoon's performance. Wow, it was good. Great little win there. Um, obviously, yeah, I was right up and about for that. It was probably my favourite moment of the week and we're going to chat about that a little bit later on. So uh, well done to Kai Cutter France and looking forward to Chatting to John Morgan and then Crusaders dominant over the Chiefs. David Harvilli's 100th game for the club. And, well, they put on a bit of a clinic as well, the Crusaders over the Chiefs. Sorry, Brett from Huntley. Didn't catch up with you, brother, next time. I know you sent a photo and you're just on the other side of the field. It was pretty hard to get over there, my brother. But I hope you had a good day considering what went on. Uh, David Harvilli is going to join the show. Davey's going to come on about 7.40ish to reflect on that game and his uh, milestone playing 100 games for the clubs, uh, for the Crusaders, joining a pretty um, you know, prestigious club with DC, McCaw, Reed, and the list goes on. So well done to him. And then after 8 o'clock, history was made on Friday night at Mount Smart. No, it wasn't the Warriors. Moana's Pacifica staying in the fight to win it. Over in the overtime over the Hurricanes. So Brian Williams will come on the show just after 8 to reflect on that historical moment there at Mount Smart. I was there calling it. It was one of my favourite moments to date, just being there to witness that um, bit of history making. So they play tomorrow night as well. You've got to me- remember they're playing the Blues twice this week, tomorrow night and Saturday night. So looking forward to the challenge to Brian Williams. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got a pretty jam-packed show. And then at 8.40ish, we're going to talk about the Warriors. We love delving into that game. They won 16-12 over the West Tigers. And not only that, there were some pretty classy games in the NRL. We had the Storm going down to the Eels, 28-24. We had the Rabbitohs beating the Roosters, 28-16. And we had the Seagulls getting up over the Bulldogs, 13-12. So there's lots to decipher throughout the NRL. I want to get you to send a text message on the text machine, Temple Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. What was your favourite game moment fight of the weekend? We want to hear from you, double eight double three, or give us a call on the Kennard Tire phone line, 0800-150-811. That's enough of me. I'm going to cross over to the lads in the AK. We're going to say morning to Joe Keys, Aroha in the newsroom, morena, 
and then Louis and Tony, Uncle Kim. Morena, brothers. Morena, Morena, Izzy. Yep, I watched the game, especially that uh, Moana Pacifica game, that try, mate, right at the death. Um, <laughs> geez, you couldn't have scripted it. You couldn't have scripted it, especially after the way that they had to uh, fight, you know, 16 men on the field. I thought, I thought that, that referee <laughs> had an absolute shocker giving away so many infringements <laughs> and keeping the Hurricanes in the game. But, um, geez, you love that, don't you, when you, it's your first season in the in the competition. Every time I went to the box, Izzy, I don't know if you noticed, but the Hurricane coaches already looked like they'd lost it throughout the whole game. They weren't happy at all. Mm. So uh, would have liked nah. to be in a fly on the wall after the game, um, but also would have liked to have been in that shed when the Moana Pacifica boys were belting out their team song after taking the Hurricanes down on Saturday night. Oh, it was special, man. It was such a special occasion. And, uh, yeah, like you spoke about the, the penalty count, I think it was like 15-4 at halftime against the, the Moana Pacifica team. And obviously two yellow cards, they get yellow carded twice. So they lose, um, you know, two men for for 20 minutes. And uh, so their backs were against the wall, but that just shows. And, and when I was there watching it, witnessing it live, and just seeing their determination, their grit, their defensive prowess to get up, Put on hits and smash the Hurricanes. And when you're getting smashed, mate, like the Hurricanes, from watching it, they had so many opportunities, but they they got made to play dumb rugby. Mm. And that is from the, the Moana Pacifica's ability to get up and pressure them on, on, on defence. You know, there was times there they played too much. The Hurricanes played too much. They were the best side. Like, I'm going to be honest, they were probably the, the best side. They had the best, um, they had so many opportunities, but Moana Pacifica's physical defence, like getting up and smacking them, made them um, second-guess what they're about and, and what they're trying to do here. And they, they just play super silly rugby. But well done to, um, to Moana Pacifica. And uh, I'll tell you a story. I was at, doing the game on Saturday, and I went and seen David Harvey and he was with his family. But his brother, William Harvey was there. And I was like, walked over, and I was like, oh, congratulations. And he goes, bro, what were you up to? And I said, what? And he goes, you picked the Hurricanes by 30. And I said, oh. <laughs> and, I was like, oh. and I was like, oh, true. And he was like, bro, sad guy. I said, see, motivated you, eh? Motivated you to get the job done. <laughs> so they weren't happy with my picks. But uh, I said, mate, see, I did it for a reason, to get you angry like that. But um, oh, well done. Well done to the lads. Louis, how are you, bud? I'm good. I can just imagine them, um, Aaron Major, <laughs> printing off your picks and putting it up in the dressing rooms, <laughs> in the changing rooms there, and saying, see, Dagger doesn't believe in you, boys, not even Daggy. Um, and you missed a golden opportunity oh. in, in um, commentary, mate, to drop in a 0800 150 <laughs> phone line plug. Jeff is just throwing you an alley-oop. They're going to be talking about this on Talkback Radio on Monday morning. I don't even remember what it was. I think it might have been that yellow card where apparently... No, yellow card. Yellow apparently, card, the head high, Levi Amour. Apparently, if uh, the, defend, the person you're trying to tackle slips a little bit and you'll kind of make a spot tackle and you kind of touch face on face, it's a yellow card. That was a hard one to fathom and... Man, there was some. It was a pretty tough watch at points in there, just for some really confusing refereeing going on. But the fact is, they stuck it out and they stayed the distance. They they were just wanted it more mm. at the end, and it, sometimes it is as simple as that. It's got to be one of the best things I've seen this year. I mean, what a result! And for people like um, Subiji Kempi that have like promoted and I guess being the t- flag bearer and torch bearer of Pacific Island rugby and trying to get them equity in the sport. I mean, it must have been such a proud moment and, like, mm. more, more than rewarding, you know, just actually so satisfying. 
you're going to look back on this game in, in 10 years' time and you're going to say, you know, that was the start of um, the Pacific team winning competitions year after year. Um, look, I think I think it only go, um, goes from strength to strength, this side. I think what they're building there at the moment, again, getting, win, getting wins this early on in their career against sides that are established like the Hurricanes is, you know, you can't take that away from uh, what it means to the Pacifica um, team, but also the people that are, are watching the game. Um, so you've got kids coming up and you see a Pacific Moana side beat the Hurricanes and the, you know, the number of players that are in the Hurricanes with names that people know. And then these kids go, man, that Pacifica Moana brand is starting to, to get more, I guess, known. So, mate, I, I reckon in 10 years' time you look back at it and go, well, mm-hmm. you know, that was um, the catalyst of, of the Pacifica brand becoming really strong. And if they get it right, um, and hopefully, you know, Mount Smart isn't a curse for them. They don't look at what the Warriors have done over the last 25 years. You know, they, they get it right <laughs> and they and they, they build a build a side um, that I, 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 I can see it just taking over, taking over the competition. Mm. Yeah, I love it, Kimpy. Love it. Oh, oh, look, my only question was at the start of the season for Moana Pacifica was uh, the set piece. The set piece was always going to be a challenge for them, particularly at scrum and line out and... Um, like on the weekend, I saw a lot of progress there. They actually um, won a few scrum moments. They were, they were their driving more was relatively well as well, and and put put the Hurricanes under a ton of um, pressure as well. So for me, if they can get the set piece right there, uh, the rest of their game can flow on. Their breakdown area is phenomenal. They are so good over the ball. You got Solomon Funaki, Kolomatangi. Those guys are so good over the ball. Timir Stowers, I think he made. Um, about five or six turnovers at the breakdown. So his ability to get the ball back. Um, and then defensively, I was watching that game. You watch it. You see the you see the Moana Pacifica boys. They come from your blind side. So when you're catching the ball, you're like, you're, you, you're second guessing. You're starting to think, okay, so who's flying up out here? So your peripherals are looking there. You're looking there. You can't look at two places at once. So they're, they're coming up from the outside and, and putting in smoking hits on mm. these Hurricanes boys. So so teams are going to be unnoticed, man. When you play the Moana Pacifica team, you've got to put your, your rib cages got to be strapped up, your, your shoulders got to be strapped, your knees have got to be strapped up because they hit you everywhere. Actually, it's, um, it's pretty special. Izzy, that's such a good point. You know what Moana Pacifica don't look like they're missing? They don't look like they're missing an identity. A, a, month, nah. a month into their existence, two months into their existence... I tell you one thing that isn't a concern for them: who they are, their DNA. And you know, mm. you see that right from the start with Sakopi Kipu was named. And you know, I guess it's because of the journey they've been on to actually get to this point. They're not confused, Kimpy. They know exactly who they are. They know why they're here. And then stuff like that, hitting and getting over the ball, doing what they do well, and really committing to it and excelling at it. That's such. A, it's such a good point. You were a busy man over the weekend, is he, mate? You were. What were you, Mount Smart, Waikato Stadium for to see the good guys get up? Um, bit of country clueless probably around the house. I don't know. What else did you do? Yeah, I was, I was busy, mate. Yeah, I, was, I uh, had my first call, first Super Rugby call on Friday, which was um, which was a cool moment and a pretty special game to be able to be a part of. So um, yeah, got my first little dig at that. That was that was fun and, and enjoyable. And then I, I had to drive to Hamilton and do the Crusaders game. Got up yesterday, flew home. I uh, had a good day with the family, watching some uh, UFC, chilling out, and then today do this show, chill out for the day, then I'm flying up to Auckland, I'm going to be in the studio with the boys tomorrow morning and Wednesday morning, um, I'm filming another show with Beaver over the next couple of days, so that's why I'm coming up to Auckland, she's uh, she's busy, 
busy lads, but looking forward to getting in the studio. Uncle, are you going to be back in the studio or when are you back? Yeah, I'm probably back on Wednesday um, when I'm allowed when I'm allowed out of quarantine. But um, yeah, feeling feeling a lot better. Yeah, so, no, man, you're busy. You know, you're a busy man, all right. Um, but that's what happens when you're at the top of your game, eh? Is he looks like Kai Car in France, mate? You get shot at every title that's going around. <laughs> The name, the face, um, but you're but you're right around the. I just want to touch one one last thing about the um, the Pacifica Minor boys. That tackle, that tackle coming in from the blind side when you're when you're receiving the football. The, it's not the problem that you're receiving the football. It's the guy that's passing you the football can't see where that defender's yeah. coming from. So yeah. you're you're there. You've got no cho- no choice but to catch the football. And the bloke who's throwing the three man cutout pass. To, to for that ball to get to you gives the guy you know that time to get there and get a hiding. And I watched a couple of those tackles on the weekend. I tell you what, if I was catching that, I would have taken the ball back and thrown it at the bloke who passed it to me. Yeah. You know, because they were getting cleaned up. You give them that look, eh, young? You give them that look. You're like, what are you up to? And that's the what one when you've you got doing? the ball when you get the ball from half back. And you just go like that, and you go to pass you, and then last second you're like, no, but you've let it go. And then it's yeah. like, oh, no. and then you just watch him just get the ball, and man, and it's bad. You're just like, wow. I've actually like, walked past sorry. a couple. Of, I've walked past a couple of blokes giggling and going, sorry, man. <laughs> I shouldn't have passed you that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good fun, good fun. Well done, well done, though. Um, Louis, yeah, what did you get up to, mate? Did you, you you had a wee little dabble? Obviously, Rosa was a band, and we're going to have a bit of chat about that later today. But did you have a wee little dabble on the? On the GGs, mate, you went hunting, didn't you? Um, no, I didn't go hunting. I was just that's just a little flashback Friday sort of number there, Daggy. But um, uh, yeah, no, there's good racing. Well, the, the racing was it was funny because down in Christchurch it was at Rickerton, it was a good track. Up at Tauranga, it was a bottomless heavy. And, and then in Australia, there was bits and bobs going on. There was Mornington Friday night. There was the William Reed Stakes September run. So it was a bit of a muddling weekend. And then Rose Hill was mm. abandoned because it was so wet. But that makes it Group One Mondays. Today they're mm. racing. They've put the races on today. Last year this happened, and they just put the whole event back a week. The whole championships back a week. This time they asked all the trainers what they would prefer to do, and they've said, "Now nah, let's run it on Monday." So. Today at Newcastle, we've got two group ones. Um, so we can talk about that in a bit. No, I was just chilling out, man, just trying to kind of... You weren't chilling out, Louis. Come on, man, spit it out. You you were an A-lister, mate, hanging out with Jamie Richards in DC and drinking champagne on the uh, on the farewell party while we really? and out working, mate. Stop, stop, Wow. You know, underselling yourself. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, mate, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, you're, you're was, at the Oscars of racing, mate. Mate, I was, no, I was at Hard Edit. I was at Mahi Man, mate. I was Mahi Man and Meta Meta. I was just... I just went and did a little bit of uh, check, a little bit of a recce, made sure the McCullum estate was... Um, all under control. So I went and caught up with uh, Graham Richardson, just said, how's everything going? Um, Baz's son doing skids up the driveway while he's not here. Anything we need to know about? <laughs> nah, so it, it, was, it was all quiet. Lads, um, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what was one of the best things I saw. Buddy Franklin. Lance Franklin on yes. Friday night. Holy... One of the one of the more iconic um, Australian athletes from the last fifteen odd years. He plays. This is Australian rules football, AFL. Plays for the Sydney Swans. Used to play for Hawthorne. I don't know if there's ever going to be another person to kick one thousand goals in the AFL. I know they're kind of debating it. It's really hard to do, and the game's changed and it's kind of gone away. I think there's only about six or seven people that have ever done it. 
And Lance Franklin's played for a long time now. He's kicked a serious amount of goals every year. And he kicked his thousandth goal at the SCG. And did you see the scenes, Izzy? Did you see oh. the crowd? That was crazy. That was the most craziest thing I've seen in sport. Like, I, I was actually, I said to someone, I said, is that, the, is that the end of the game? They're like, no, 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 that's not the end of the game. They're still going. I was like, what are they going to do? <laughs> it took like half an hour. Thousands and thousands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy, man. It was so cool to see. What a special G- moment. Genuinely, like, like 20-odd thousand people. Fly- it might have even been more. I don't even know. I mean, the SCG was full. What's the SCG capacity? Like 50-odd, 60-odd thousand, maybe? I don't know. And, yeah. And, yeah. and they've actually nearly completely flooded the field. And then people are dropping their wallets. I saw one of the Geelong players picked up some bloke's wallet and, like, chased him down and gave it to him. They've been asked. They've, they've tried to find out where the game ball was, and because I oh, sorry the the goal, the ball, and they reckon the ball's valued at two hundred thousand dollars. And somebody like took a flying mark over a bunch of cheers behind the goals, and it was just one of those crazy experiences. And just shows you how passionate those AFL fans are, those Australian rules fans. They are a different breed, mate. The culture and history around that sport, that's on another level. Mm. And um, that was probably the coolest thing I saw. I just think that was just yeah. unbelievable. That was effort, Unbelievable. So, like, you did right. There's three. There's there's six players that have done it. There's six players. I, I've got no idea about AFL. I'll be honest. I, I don't watch it at all. But um, like, I'm no Buddy Franklin because he is a superstar. And uh, Dusty Martin, you know, I know, I know the big boys in, in the game. But um, that that was phenomenal from what he's been able to do. And then I'm, they said that it won't be done ever again. Yeah. You, in our lifetime, you probably won't see someone scoring... A thousand goals. So, um, nah, that was a special, special moment there, Louis, and uh, something that was probably needs to never see again, but Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's why people were so fired up about it. Um, right now, over in Saudi Arabia, it is lap 11 of 50. So we've got Checo leading for Red Bull. We've got Charles Leclerc in second. This is the F1 Saudi Grand Prix. We've got Verstappen and Carlos Sainz and then George Russell Alonso. Um, Ocon, Bottas, and that is closing out the top 10 up here, Gasly, for AlphaTauri. So we'll keep an eye on that as throughout the morning. And there's some golf on as well. The match play's going on. Plenty of sport to talk about. Also, boys, Bob Carter is stepping away. The Women's mm. Cricket World Cup. You've heard it here on SCNZ. It's been a privilege to bring you that coverage. There's a bit of action over the weekend, including South Africa getting an all-important win yesterday to get their way through to the semi-finals. We'll talk about that and what it means for the White Ferns moving forward after this. Baz Nizzi for breakfast here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. SNZ, 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Daggy's left us on a cliff edge there. What would you do with the White Ferns job? Would you consider overseas interest or do you want to promote your own? I've had a think about it. And I want the best person for the job, New Zealander or otherwise. I want to see this team win. I want to see this team win while we've got the likes of uh, Amelia Kerr, that he's generational talents coming through. Let's capitalise. And if the best person for the job's not a New Zealander, doesn't bother me, Kempe. Canterbury, mate, you need to go and give yourself an uppercut. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Unbelievable. Do you work for High Performance New Zealand? Seriously. Mate. You know, the, pro- the, problem that we have in, the problem that we have in this country is that we quite quite happily go and write, open up the checkbook and give it to an, an Australian or an English person. You know what I mean? As opposed to putting a strategy together down here to coach our coaches. Have you ever you you have a look how many great coaches we've had in this country? 
from athletics through rugby union through netball you have a look at some of the athletes that we got you know this young kid that's just won the formula two over over overseas at the moment you know our sharers who are world champions you know athletes we've got bucket loads of them those athletes have got to the top of their game because of some person you know that some person is generally generally it's the the parents who have driven them or or someone who's inspired them to be a wonderful coach what this country needs to do is it needs to get behind it it needs to start coaching its coaches and it needs to start promoting its coaches and it has to stop taking the easy easy way out which is your way louis and go and get the best coach i don't care if he's from england or aussie mate cut it out let's stop that right now Okay, let's 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 improve our own. Where you go, is get me off, get me off uncle. that horse. But but uncle, <laughs> quote me if I'm wrong. Didn't you say you want to treat Robertson the casual warriors? Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. That's that's exactly right. But you also heard me say that he comes over, he sets up a program that works within our junior structures to coach our coaches and promote our juniors coming through, and they all go through together, and eventually the Kiwi guy gets it. See, that's a strategy. Oh, see, you're having, no, your, you're having your biscuits strategy. both ways. No, 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 you, no you are. You no, are. No, no, you're having no, your cake no, eating Louis, it too. Because, Kimpy, here's the thing. You exactly, your point is, the re, at, high, at the top level, which is the one that you know so so well, you can't actually have a successful program if the team at the top isn't achieving. And sometimes you have to bite the bullet and put the best, 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 best and hardest decision, the best person to that. And that's why I would put Trent Robertson as the Warriors coach in a heartbeat as well. And mm. if the best person to coach the White Ferns was an Australian or an English person, I think having them coaching the White Ferns would do more for the pathways than if you just kind of gave it to someone in New Zealand because you wanted to promote if it wasn't if they weren't ready. So you're talking, you're, you're talking strategy. You're talking strategy. Like, tell, you, you, you blokes have just said, like, who's the next coach? Like, who's the next coach of the White Ferns? What is the strategy? Mm. Like, just lose Bob Carter and put the next one in? Like, what I'm saying is we need to build the, that, you know, we talk about DNA and identity for, for clubs. It's, what, what I'm saying is build an DNA and identity for New Zealand at that high-performance perform, uh, high level right through the whole board from co- coaches through players through, through whatever gets you to that 1% to 2% that's going to win you gold medals or whatever. Now, tell me, mm. tell me Izzy, and this is a question for you, will the All Blacks ever hire um, Michael Checker? Or, or someone no. like that as their coach. No. Why not? No, I can never. I won't even ask oh, Scott Robertson. Just, that, that, <laughs> that, that, uh, look, I, I don't, I don't know exactly why, but my gut feel is they want to promote their own. Like you've said, they want to promote their own. They want to build their own. They want to, um, you know, uh, you know, establish their own kind of guys and and, and self promote within the Super Rugby franchise. That's what I'm feeling. I don't think they'll ever go overseas. Izzy, what was your answer? Never say never. To the white fence. Um, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably keep it in house if I'm going to be completely honest, Louis. I'll probably keep it in house. Um, because I like you you touched on it before we went off here with with um Craig Cumming and what he's been able to do with Otago. He's probably the gener- like the realistic op- opportunity for me to to get him in there and and promote. But um, I can understand where Tony uh, Kempi's come on as well. Like you got someone that's world class. Well, if you bring him over, you put someone that's there or thereabouts with him, they're kind of learning along the way, and then you slowly just hand over the baton mm-hmm. each week, each week. They get more and more input, more and more, more takeover. Um, so I can see where that kind of would work. Um, but for me, for the white fans, I'd love to just um, self-promote and keep, keep it in, in NZ, mate. 
that's that's what I want to do. Self promote, just like Stephen. Hey, double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you have an opinion on this, and you will, what do we do with the and not just the white ferns, but our Kiwi teams? Do you have fundamentally? Mm-hmm. Do you have a problem outsourcing our coaching? Oh, that's a it's a it's a straight up question. Do you accept that sometimes you need, and if the best person for the job isn't a New Zealander, you would pull the trigger, or do you want to build those pathways and have the Kiwis do the job and promote and and kind of empower the Kiwis to do the job? It's a, it's a like I've been coached by overseas coach as well. Like I have Ronan Agara come in, he was assistant coach, but he wasn't head coach, and I actually found that quite really. I found it really good, nice. like having a different point of view as an assistant coach. Um, coming over, bringing the the Northern Hemisphere kind of style of rugby, what they see, they see a totally different game. So I can see positives for it, Louis. I can see definitely benefits from, from overseas coaches coming in, whether they're head coach um, or, or not. Yeah, that's that's the question, is, is whether if your coach coming overseas is going to be the leader, he's going to be the guy that's on top of the throne carrying the baton, or do you want someone else coming? I don't, yeah, that's, that's the question. See, see, uh, see Louis... Just talking about rugby league, for instance, we'll probably hit, we'll probably go to the World Cup this year with a coach that's just been sacked from the NRL. You know <laughs> what Nathan I mean? Brown. Right. No, I'm talking oh, in, in Madge, Madge Madge, Madge, Madge. You know sorry. what I mean? So, the it's not it's not who should be coaching the 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 Kiwis. It's how do you get the the coach of the New Zealand side to actually understand what it actually means to to be. You know, performing at the top of, top of your game for New Zealand, mm. and and get them. You know, does a does a coach who's just been? I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Does a coach that's probably just been sacked in the NRL, um, who's an Australian that has no affinity to New Zealand other than coaching the Kiwi side, understand how to get a team to uh, up to the World Cup in England to win it? I'm, mate, see, I, 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 I have a thousand questions around that. <laughs> yeah, I think. And after watching the game on Friday night, I think I think that's fair enough. And people might have a thousand and one. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. What would you do? And what what's your opinion on this coaching discussion? Or double eight double three? Uh, do you have an issue with it? Let us I love know. It. Hey, love we, it. we're going to catch up with Love Racing a little bit later on in the show. It's Group One Monday, <laughs> so we'll get into our racing chat at about twenty five past seven, right in the prime time for all you racing fans. So stay with us right now. It's Quizzy Dag. 0800 150 811. Come see him. Come see the Is Master, the Quiz Master. Back soon. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. <laughs> Man, oh, yeah. all the crew is up and down. Joe, you got to put that video up on Twitter, mate. I've got to see Louis dancing, man. That's the best ever. <laughs>
Everyone's after the How good, how good. That just gets the energy back to where we long. Boys, we're on. Anyway, this text message quickly before I get off to the quiz. The perfect coach for the women's cricket is Baz McCullum. <laughs> yes, Grant it is. And well, uh, it would be the perfect coach. It would just be. He would be. Enough. But then he'd be gone for a year. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't pay enough. And then it'll, be, then it'll be camping, is he, for breakfast on SCNZ if he goes and does that job, mate. We can't have him do that. Okay? Anyway. Good text. See, good text. Got to yeah, a ringtone for that anyway, is he? <laughs> yes, Kempi, he's up. All right, bro, we're going to go over to the quiz. We're going to get to the quiz, and we got Brett from Huntley, who I have to apologise. Morena, Brent. Oh, congratulations, Don't, don't you brain. sigh. Congratulations, Luke. <laughs> did you take him a coffee, Brett? Did you go and see him? Did he actually Did he actually come down with his suit on and say hello or not? Nah. It well, sound probably right. like he, he couldn't said, get across to my side of the field because uh, after he rocked up in that red and black jersey, he might have been a little bit of hippie <laughs> in that uh, coffee week. <laughs> 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 I wanted to get you off first, Uncle. I know you love opening the bat. And so, uh, no, I just yeah, want to... I'll be bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. All right, let's go. Let's rip into it. How many super rugby teams has Angus Ta'avol played for? Three. Oh, yes. That is correct, Uncle. Well done. Question number two. Who overtook Zach Randolph's NBA record of most rebounds in a game for his team, the Grizzlies? Oh, must be it. Must be the Bruce. Must be the Bruce Steve. Yes, it is. Stephen Adams. Question number three. Name one of the Group 1 races to be raced today at Newcastle after Rose Hill was abandoned on Saturday. Oh, I know there were at least two. No, I don't know. Call it tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to find a free lunk. Now someone else can have that. You probably don't anything. <laughs> oh, awesome, he, Brett. Thanks, bro. He wants to get through those whole five one day by himself, Amen. Yeah, he does. He does. He's committed, bro. He's committed. Brett from Huntley. We always appreciate your call every morning, Brett. Have a good day, brother. We're going to go to Richie in Upper Hutt. Morning, Richie. Uh, morning, Izzy. Morning, brother. We've well, got to question number three, mate. Name one of the Group 1 races to be raced today at Newcastle after Rose Hill was abandoned. Uh, we'll go first, friend. Right. Yeah, nice. Okay, Uncle. Ooh. It's not... Five. It's sort of like the winery. Oh. <laughs> Just made me change the Five. front first word. And what's in the winery? What in the winery? What, the grapery? What, what grows the <laughs> what, what grows the grapes? <laughs> Five. Four. Three. The cellar. <laughs> the cellar. Sorry, bro. Oh, that's a tough clue, Unc. Wow. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Rich, brother. Have a good day. We're going to get a mark. Morning, Mark. Morning, lads. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Name one of the Group 1 races to be raced today at Newcastle. Uh, the Clean Away Handicap Group 1. No. No, no it's not. Good. Sorry. Sorry, Mark. Thanks for your call, brother. Have a good day. We're going to go to Tim in Christchurch. Tim. 
Morning, Tim. Yo. Can you hear me? Hey, Timmy, you're up. Yeah, yeah, we got you, brother. Yep. You're up. Bring it right. home, my mate. Name uh, one, one of the Group 1 races to be raced. There you go. Yes, there is. Not the stud not, steaks, you, don't the, you don't grow the grapes <laughs> on the cellar. <laughs> <laughs> you sell them in the cellar. Here we go. Question number four. How many fights has Kai Kata France now won in the UFC after yesterday's win over Askarol? Uh, Five. What was that? Sorry? You know what? He said seven. seven. This might be one of those questions. Yeah, might be a double up. This there. might be one of those questions. So, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably, I don't know that answer seven two, but this might be his overall career, Louis. That, that's the answer. You know. Yeah, that we've got. It could be. Yep, yep, yep. This is a. You're right. This is just. This is what his yeah. his. Uh, I guess pro fighting record shows, which might not. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. So. Yeah. So it's so the questioning's probably a little bit. Misinformed there. So, how many fights has Kai Carter France now won in his MMA career after yesterday's win? His MMA career, yeah, in total. Uh, yeah, how many fights? How many fights has he won total um, over his whole career? I think he had twelve. I don't know. Oh, can I find a friend? You yeah, can double, find a friend. Double that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's good. Yeah, Twenty-four. <laughs> Look, I felt bad for you there, sure Tim. His record in the UFC is 7-2, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His record in the UFC is 7 2, but I think his overall was 24. So the, hey, hey, don't argue. Hey, just take it. Was wrong there. Don't argue with us. Just yeah. like we're there, we're there. <laughs> so we're going to go to question number Thanks, five. Which footballer, footballer holds the record for the most hat tricks in EPL history? Five, four, um, three, two, Thierry Henry. Oh, that's a good stab. <sighs> It's not Terry Henry. Sorry, mate. And this guy's going to get it, no doubt. Zaid. <laughs> yeah, good aim. <laughs> Zaid. <laughs> Put um, me out of my misery, mate. Which footballer holds the records for the most hat tricks? Um, is it Alan Shearer? <sighs> no, Ooh, it's not Alan Shearer. Zaid. Sorry, brother. Have a good day. Brenton in Auckland. Morning, Brenton. 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 Can you hear me? Hey, yeah, got you, got you, Brendan. Who, which footballer holds the record for the most hat tricks in EPL history? Is it Sergio Aguero? Ah, Brendan! Like yeah, a clay cutter, France punch in the last <laughs> round, bang! Don't he goes good. Blink from Brenton in Auckland, bang! It is Sergio Aguero <laughs> is the most hat tricks in EPL history. That was quizzy dag. Oh, what an addition as well! A bit of drama. Six minutes away from seven <laughs> o'clock. Back after this. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. SNZ, Charles Leclerc leads the Saudi Grand Prix. Could he go back-to-back to start the year? What a story that would be. Max Verstappen, 1.6 seconds behind then Sainz and Chico Perez. Uh, a couple of texts here quickly. Hi, guys. Kempi, could Kempi give us his picks for the Warriors next three games? His results so far, <laughs> dismal from Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, c- cut, cut it out, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a really good one here of uh, Joe's, um, not Joe, our Joe, not Joey the Rat, uh, Joey from Gizzy, his highlights of the weekend, which include Kai Cutter France. Um, and he also loved a Cuda winning on Friday night at Alex Park. You would have loved Friday night at the park, is he? Um, gee, we, oh, we went close, don't, boys. Don't, Louis. Don't you do that. I just messaged you and said, Beckham oh. ruined my weekend. Oh, just, so close. 
Unfortunate. So close, so close. But the rest of them got it done. True fantasy and Arcuda. Well done. Anyway, we're going to come back. We're going to talk to John Morgan about the UFC. Craving him at Cafe about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Morena, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's March the 28th and it's a Monday. We've got Tony Kemp and Louis Herman and Watt, Herman Watt in the house carrying you throughout the day. And Baz McCullum is heading over to the IPL. He's at the IPL, actually. They had the game on the weekend. I don't, I don't actually know. Big Did they win. win? See you later, Flemo. Yes. On your way. Yes. <laughs> they had a dub. They had a dub. Well done to Bears. I should have known that. Wow, there's too much sport happening that went past the right edge there. But that's okay. We got the dub done. He got the job done, and we'll, we'll reflect on that very shortly with Louis Herman Watt. He can give us a wee update. But Aroha touched on it. The news. Nil or between New Zealand and Tahiti. 32 minutes gone. It is nil or. We'll keep you up to date with how the... The All-Whites will be going very, very shortly. And then we also got David Harvili coming up in the next hour. Remember, 7.40, she played his 100th game in the Crusader for the Crusaders against the Chiefs over the weekend. But right now, we're going to talk some UFC. It's time for our Monday morning McCafe coffee catch-up. And in the biggest fight of his career on his 29th birthday, Kai, don't blink, Kai Carter France had the result of his life in the UFC. Ladies and gentlemen, after three rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for decision. All three judges score this contest, 29-28, for the winner, by unanimous decision, Kai! Don't break the I was going ballistic here. My son was like, Dad, hurry up, get in the pool. But I was up and about and ripping into it because that was a clinical performance. It was a back and forth and highly tactical affair. Kyra France stayed as cool under grappling pressure as he possibly could, eventually being able to pressure Askar Askarov enough to get the points decision his way. So what is, our, what is next for our star flyweight fighter? John Morgan is everything MMA and UFC. He's the editor-in-chief of the Underground and host of the MMA, MMA Show podcast. G'day, John. Thanks for joining us on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. As you said, man, you laid it out perfect. Just an absolutely amazing performance from Kai Kara France right now. You heard the reaction of the crowd. I mean, that's a crowd <laughs> in Ohio in the middle of America. They're cheering for – that should tell you right now how good that performance was. <laughs> Oh, man, it was clinical. It was so clinical. Did you see, uh, for Askarov, it, it looked like he had limited, like his, his fighting was really limited. Like wrestling is his go-to. We know that. That's where his strengths are. But he, I've seen him have a strike game. Was that the way that Kai Carter France approached it? Was he just a more aggressive and just put him off his, his kind of fight game? Yeah, I think Oscar uh, uh, Askarov is a fantastic fighter. As you said, he's a grappling-based fighter, mm. but his grappling is so good that it really overwhelms. I mean, you think about a guy like a Habib Nurmagomedov, you know, that was never the greatest mm. striker, but could just beat everybody because the grappling was so good. And that's what Oscar Askarov kind of was up to this point. And he started the fight in the same way. I mean, Kai Kara France, Kai had great defensive wrestling, great defensive jiu-jitsu, but he yeah. was still being overwhelmed a little bit because Askarov was so much. But in that second round, Man, you saw Kai kind of dig deep, land a couple of big shots there, uh, clearly won the second round, and then, you know, still had one to go in the third and was able to just eke it out in a very, very hard-fought mm. performance. And it was really just – it was one of these kind of performances that shows you the character of a fighter. I mean, you look at what Kai's been doing, his last two fights, knockouts. I mean, of course, we all love mm. knockouts. Everybody loves the big finishes. <laughs> 
But sometimes you can gain even more by fights like this where you're really seeing your character get tested, where you're pushed to the limit. And, and that's what I think Kai showed in this fight, man. It was just a phenomenal performance. Hey, John, you're dead right. He's, um, he's a more rounded fighter. Um, Kai coming in, coming in, I guess, to the big title shot against Figueredo. Um, we thought we were going to see Marino Figueredo fight for the next hundred fights, but Kai's come <laughs> through this. Do you think? Do you think um, he has a def- definite chance? Listen, I think I think Kai's next fight is going to be for the title. I think what we're kind of waiting to see is what the schedule is going to be, because as you said. It looks like right now, uh, Davidson Figueredo, Brandon Moreno might do fight number four. It's never been seen before in UFC history where guys would fight four times in a row, but they've had this weird back and forth, and they're one, one, and one when you throw the draw in there as well. A lot of people want to see it go to the conclusion, but we did see Davidson Figueredo and Henry Cejudo, his coach, both take to social media last night, and they were saying, you know what? We're not even interested in Brandon Moreno anymore. We're interested in Kai Cara France. Come come get yes. this work for the title shot. So, listen, I think his next fight's going to be for the title. It's just going to figure out how, how things work out, you know, how the schedule works out for the UFC, how the availability is for everyone. Either A, listen, if Devison Figueredo gets what he wants, apparently it'll be Kai next. If not, I think at worst, Kai sits back, he watches that fight play out, and he gets the <laughs> shot after that. But to me, there's nothing else for him right now. He's, he's the hottest name in the division. Yes, we love that. We love that. What about uh, his? That was his last fight contract. Louis put up a wee tweet on our on our WhatsApp group and said that was his last fight under his current contract. Now he's in renegotiations with the UFC for his new fight contract. He's got to be. He's got to be sitting on a gold mine, surely. Absolutely. Listen, things change, especially when you get title shots and worked in there. I mean, there's no way they're mm. not going to have the guy back. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly what the situation was, whether he decided to risk it and bank on it. So you'll see that happen sometimes. The UFC wants to renegotiate and a fighter will say, you know what, why don't you let me win this fight and see where we stand at next. And then and, and then we'll talk. And so <laughs> we'll see what the situation is. I mean, but the power is certainly in his hands. And, and normally, you know, when you get title shots and, you, and those things are written in there, uh, that's a big bump in the pay. And if you win, that's when you start getting into shares of the pay-per-view revenue and all those things. Mm-hmm. And it really becomes a, a game changer for you moving forward. Hey John, just just elaborate a little bit more on that. You know, with the pay per view and and how Connor really opened up the, I guess the the contracts for all the all the fighters out there, understanding that they can get a little bit more money if they if they back themselves. What does what what sort of money are we talking with Kai when he's talking his new contracts? Um, in and around that division, you know, there's not. We've seen you know Figueroa and Marino fight three times. They want another thirty probably, but. <laughs> With this fight, does it does it is it seven figures? Is it six figures? What what does it what what is it for Kai Kai of France? Yeah, you know, it it would depend on the result. To be honest with you, I mean, it'd be a nice six figure payday for the title shot. Uh, I, I would imagine that would be coming his way. Normally, you see somewhere in the like two hundred fifty three hundred thousand US guaranteed for a title challenger. But it's when you win the title that the that the the, 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 the the vault unlocks a little bit, if you will. They start to share some of that money a little bit with you. So, you know, it's a good payday just to get there. But winning the title really does change everything. And at that point, it really just becomes about marketability. I mean, certainly it helps, of course, that he has 
the backing of a nation. I mean, sometimes you see, you know, you mentioned Connor. Obviously, Connor had an entire nation behind him in Ireland. And that helps, mm-hmm. right? Because the UFC says you're helping us to market our product into a, a, an area that maybe we don't, you know, have that much backing right now. Obviously, New Zealand is, is doing pretty well right now. You got a couple decent fighters, but it still helps. You know what I mean? When you have that kind of tie to a market. Um, but it's winning. That When you win, that's when things really get open. And then it's about just what kind of marketability you can do. It, it, that is one tough part about MMA is it's not just about wins and losses. I mean, you win, of course, it matters. But you gotta you, you got to develop a following as well. you got to have fan interest as well. And, um, that you know, that's the big challenge. You know, Connor obviously was on a, another planet in terms of marketability and, and what he was able to do for himself. But when you're able to develop a following like that, you know, the UFC follows all that and the metrics and, and the money comes along with it as well. Well, you spoke about marketability. Do you do you feel like that New Zealand has a marketability to come over here and promote a, a main card event? And, and would the UFC back it? Could you see that? We've got you know, Israel Adosanya, we've got Carlos Olberg, now we've got Clark out of France, Shane Young probably going to come out and fight. We've got some ultimate fights, Dan Hooker, the hangman. You know, like, surely, do you think the UFC would bring, bring a main event over here? Obviously, COVID's ruined those chances, but when we get a bit of normality back... <laughs> I was going to say, as soon as we can get back to normal, whenever that's going to be, I keep thinking we're almost done with this thing and then, you know, it gets extended. But absolutely. Uh, New Zealand, I mean, for, for you know, a a small nation, obviously, has developed such an incredible roster of talent. You know, and and listen, my visits there have been amazing. The people are amazing. I know the UFC's always had a good time anywhere, uh, anytime it's in New Zealand or or Australia as well. I mean, obviously, just passionate fan bases in both nations. And uh, absolutely, once the borders are open again, I think the UFC will come back and, and do a big show. You know, would it be a title fight? It could be because, fortunately, you know, you guys are kind of used to being able to, to have those fights, as you said, on you know, on a Sunday morning, uh, which retains Saturday night prime time. So, you know, the, the Australia-New Zealand area, um, it works out pretty good for the, for the UFC. So I, I think, you know, potentially even a title fight. But you, you said it. I mean, it's just it's COVID right now. Once we can get past this, yeah. I promise you the UFC will be back. They, they, they love that market. That's why they put us yeah. down here underneath the bottom of the world, John, because you don't want to come and visit us down here, mate. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right. hey, so, mate, uh, just, uh, a just beautiful country, beautiful country. I can't wait to get back, man. I love it there. Hey, just want to uh, touch on you know, Kai Obviously, you know, we wish him all the best, and hopefully he gets a shot against um, Frigorito. Not only that, he brings that title home for us. But in the, in, in the current, um, I guess the current... Um, barn at the stock of uh, MMA fighters, which is the next guy that's coming through, you're talking about marketability, um, that you think is the next Conor McGregor, the one that's really going to step out? Oh man, gosh, the next Conor McGregor is tough, right? I mean, that guy was on, uh, I mean, still remains, even though he's had some setbacks, still remains, uh, you know, on a different planet in terms of marketability, in terms of following, that sort of thing. I will say, Israel Adesanya, man, I, I feel like his rise up the ranks was amazing. Then, of course, he had the setback. But I feel right now he's kind of coming into his own as well, man. I, you know, I, I, was, I was watching him. You know, look, look at the number of views he's getting on, like, TikTok for dances and stuff like that. I mean, this, this guy is, is getting all kinds of views from uh, outside of just his fighting. You know, I think people are starting to see his personality and buy into him. I, I think there's a huge upside for Israel Adesanya as well. Uh, I mean, and imagine can, – you know, if the UFC does get to make their first ever trip to Africa, and you know, you have like an Adesanya, an Usman, a Francis Ngannou all on the card. I mean, that would be historic. Um, but I will say, I, I think Israel Adesanya's rise is, is starting again. You know, he kind of reached a, a plateau when he had the setback to Jan Blahovich, and and but I, I think it's starting again. 
Um, and 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 again, it's it's outside of just his fighting because that's that's where you really have to connect. I mean, you can only fight two or three times a year at most. But when you can remain in the public eye, and, and for good reasons, not because you're being arrested or you're, or things like that, when you can remain in the public eye for good reasons, your your following continues to build. And I, I think he's starting to become that global superstar again. Yeah, beautiful. Quickly before we let you go, look, look, he's obviously over the ditch, but we'll try and claim him a wee bit. Tied to Ivasa. Tai Tuivasa and obviously Tom Espinal has already called him out and said, let's go for a rumble, which will be a, one of the ones for the ages. Where do you see Ty go next? Tai Tuivasa, has he got a fight coming up? Or, or Listen, Ty is becoming a star as to? well, man. I mean, this guy is such a personality. <laughs> you know, he had a couple of setbacks, but now really starting to put some wins together. And the personality is there. I can tell you as a website mm. operator, the traffic he generates is great. People just love it, man. The amount of shoes yeah. <laughs> that get held in the air after he wins is absolutely incredible to see. Um, I like the idea of, of him and, and Tom Aspinall. That'd be a great fight. It's a tough one. There's no question about it. But listen, where Ty mm. is at right now with the win streak he's on, it's going to be nothing but tough fights. So that's, that's a difficult matchup for him, I'll be honest with you. Um, but it's one that looks like it might come together. Uh, but listen, Ty has a chance of beating anybody. He's got game-changing power. And again, that personality is off the charts. And uh, people are really buying into to Shui Vasa as well, man. The guy is really becoming a star. <laughs> Would he have a title shot? Like, has Francis Ngannou come out and said, "Look, let's let's get it on"? Is he is he at that stage yet, or has he still got one more fight you feel before he gets an opportunity? He's got one more. He's definitely got one more, and and Aspinall might be yeah. the one. I mean, you, you kind of got this glut up at the top right now. You know, you've got Stipe Miocic, the former champ, who's out there who wants to fight again. Yeah. He just had Curtis Blades victorious, who's saying, "Hey, give me an interim shot while Ngannou's on the bench." Uh, you got John Jones that's supposed to be coming in at heavyweight at some point, although this debut is taking forever to get done. So, so there's a lot of names, <laughs> but Ty's right there. That, and that's what's amazing because you think about it. Not that long ago, he'd had a couple losses, and you're starting to think, okay, you know, this guy's fun, but is he, is he ever really going to contend? And then he puts together this winning streak, and right now he's mentioned in all those names. So I don't think there's any chance that he gets the call for Nagano. Now, listen, I'll say this. Curtis Blades won last night, called for an interim title shot. I posted on social media, yeah. hey, I think Curtis should get that. I had a lot of people hit me back. They were like, no, Ty Tuivasa is a guy I want to see in an interim title <laughs> shot. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he'll at least get into this interim title mix. I think he needs one more fight, but um, but we'll see what the mm. UFC does. The, the great thing is he's right there in the conversation with all those names. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we appreciate you on the show, John Morgan, uh, talking all things UFC, he is the host of the MMA Roadshow podcast, and you can listen to that where you get all your podcasts. Mate, we appreciate you on the Baz and Izzy show. Thank you so much for finding time for us and uh, giving us your insights to the UFC at the moment. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, he's an absolute champion, that bloke. Good get again, Louis. I love you getting that fella for the UFC. I think we spoke to him after Carlos Olberg's um, last performance, didn't we? John's a John's a champion, man. He knows so much about it, and he's yeah. got a passion for it. And Kimpy, uh, look, mm. I, I, mate, you, you want to know whether they're going to come down to New Zealand? When you ro- roll out that list of um, fighters that we've got now, it, like MMA has gone to. I, I really think it's kind of we've might have blinked on any MMA and we've woken up, and it's actually one of our dominant <laughs> sports in New Zealand. It seriously is yeah. like popularity. You look at go around to pubs on Sundays and see how many people were watching Kai Kata Francis today, or people having people around with a meal and you know a barbecue watching the UFC. Mm. It's actually becoming a part of our culture. Yeah, and mm. look, I think I think Dana Dana White, you know, he's cashed in on it and. 
I, it catched on in a, in a time when social media is massive, you know, and people are sharing those experiences. I, I, mate, I know I'll go next door to my, my mate's place too when I'm watching the, the fighting and, you know, half a, half a Muruwa's out there watching it at the same time. So, yep, uh, it's taken over. I think everyone loves that combative um, nature of sport, especially down here, down under. I, look, I'd like nothing more for it to come down here, be put up at Spark Arena and they fill the arena full of crazy people watching it, you know. So, um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully... You know they can't, they can't turn it down. If we get two, if we have two um, world title holders, mate, why wouldn't you have them both on the same card? Oh, well, you, you'd you'd have to. As he did, the hand would be forced by the UFC. Then, J- just on Kai Kata France's personality is he comes across like such a champion bloke, and not that the others don't. And I know like they they all got their personalities and intricacies, but Kai Kata France, he's humble. He knows why he's here. He doesn't forget about his heritage. He's cruising around with that Maori flag as well um, as the New Zealand one, and he just seems like he's there for the right reasons, and he's doing it because this is what his destiny is. Yeah, he's genuine, man. He's a genuine um, bloke. I'm lucky enough to meet him uh, once, actually. I've went and filmed up in, at, the, at the City Kickboxing Studio, and he was awesome. I was just standing there, come over and introduced himself, gave him a handshake, and I was like, mate, what a cool bloke. And then I just started following him on social. Mate, he's a real family man. Never forgets his roots. He's Aotearoa hard, and he'll always rep the New Zealand flag on the big stage. You know, I love it when he's in the um, when the face-offs, he's doing the pukana right in front of their faces, you know, so he's expressing himself, never changes where he's from. And the best thing about, not only him, all of them, is they always reflect to their identity, yes. to, their, to where they come from, to their teammates. You know, they're talking about city kickboxing, their teammates, how they've got them to where they are now. They're not self-promoting themselves and being selfish about it. They're all about promoting, um, you know, the, the team, the team first kind of mentality, and that's what I love about Kaikata France and City Kickboxing. Epic, boys. Hey, Charles Leclerc is leading the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix with five laps to go. Verstappen is under a second away. They're trading the lead. This is exciting stuff. We'll keep you updated there. Nil all in New Zealand Tahiti football quali- uh, World Cup qualifying match. But for you, double eight double three or 0800 150 811. After this, Izzy's going to tell us what he saw on Saturday night at uh, uh, Waikato Stadium there. We want. I want to know from you. Who's the dominant team in Super Rugby at the moment? Because have the Crusaders gone hands and heels ahead of the field again? I was a little bit suspect heading into that match, but they were (laughs) super impressive. What questions do you have around the Chiefs, around the Hurricanes, around the Blues? Can anybody catch the Crusaders? Get in touch with us. Izzy's going to give his take after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day, 21 minutes past seven. SNZ, the uh, the last couple of laps in the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. We'll keep you updated there. I'm asking you who the best team in Super Rugby is. Uh, Crusaders, best team, Scott Robertson, best coach. This will become obvious after Ireland and South Africa give us a tune-up later this year. That's from Brian on double eight double three, And the Blues will challenge the Crusaders have been have, haven't been uh, put a full eighty together all year. When do we look at RTS to come back? And we're building depth with our fringe players. Oh nine all day. That's from Lyndon. Izzy, what say you, man? Well, what say you? Put on a clinic, the lads reckon. Okay, I was there. I was there, right in, in amongst it all and, and getting to witness it all. I'll be honest, I was really nervous, really nervous leading into that game because of what unfolded down in Christchurch with a pretty injury-stricken, COVID-stricken. Chiefs teams going down there and, and putting on a clinic and getting the job, job done in, in pretty much the sacred ground of Christchurch down here. But, um, look, they surprised me. I thought the Crusaders' breakdown 
breakdown work was phenomenal. They were so, so good. They had one man, one bullet. They were getting over the ball. They were giving Bryn Hall and Richie Moonga quality front football, which they haven't been able to do as of late. When you're facing Sam Kane and, and, and the, the Chiefs kind of lose for trio, their ability to slow the ball down and, and create chaos in that breakdown has been probably the hallmark of their season so far. But the breakdown work was really, really good. They were clearing out. They were getting um, good ball for, for those lads. I thought Scott Barrett was immense. I thought he was huge on the weekend. He was Ball in hand was so, so good. And I was a bit nervous because you lose Sammy Whitelock. You're thinking, oh, we've lost so much experience here, so much talent. You know, you got Scott Barrett coming in, you got Quinton Strange, so you're a little bit, like, unsure what's going to unfold there. But I think Scott Barrett loves that moment. When Sammy's not there, he grows another arm and a leg. He gets a real bit more of a leader. He takes his team on his back. He's, he feels like he has to lead from the front. I thought he was outstanding, particularly at that first try. You watch his carry around the corner when Cullen Grace comes around and scores after that. You watch that carry when he carries about four of them. He hits the, the line at so much pace. Um, I thought he was very, very good. And then Cody Taylor. So Cody Taylor was meant to be off the bench. Brody McAllister goes down at, in the warm-up. Cody Taylor wasn't meant to start. And when he's facing off against Samasoni Tokiahau, which is a guy that everyone has been talking about and saying this guy's going to be the All Blacks number two, I thought Cody Taylor outplayed him. I thought he put on an absolute clinic for the Crusaders. His line-out throwing was on the mark. His ball work around the field was phenomenal as well. He is busy. He was everywhere. So for me, those two players were the forwards of the game. Uh, Will Jordan, mate, <laughs> how good is that guy? Is like, he an open side flanker these good? days? Or? Well, tell me, mate, like... He never even hit a ruck when I was playing the team. Now he's getting three turnovers, and not just three turnovers, three crucial turnovers, mate. When the team's under so much pressure, the, the, the Chiefs have just made a line break. If he doesn't slow that ball down or illegally slow that ball down or get a turnover, they would have scored. So his, he scored three turnovers, mate, at the breakdown and pivotal turnovers as well. And so on both sides of the ball, mate, absolute freak. But for me, Leicester fighting a Nuku, honestly, has to be in the AB's picture. Has to be somewhere there or thereabouts. And He's I know, Kempi, you'll love him. He's, you, re, you like him at centre? He's, mate, the, the kid can play. I love him at centre so too. To, so hard to tackle. You know, like, yeah. he, he, I think he just gets better and better. Like, the way he played against the Chiefs. He nearly the went night, to league, Kempi. He, 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 he should have gone to league, mate. He'd been a sensation. <laughs> Honestly, he he carries the ball and breaks tackles at will. I I, I think the I think the All Blacks already have him penciled in, mate. He, I look I like the way that Will Jordan plays. I think Will Jordan, yeah. you know, he's silky, you know, smooth. Yeah. Um, but then you give it to that bloke in the centre jersey, and he's like, man, just rough and tumble. Give it, give me the football. Let me carry it. <laughs> Hey, Kempe, don't think that Will Jordan doesn't like that stuff. As he made the point, three crucial turnovers, head in the ruck, brave stuff. Uh, if anybody's just tuned in, oh. yeah, Izzy did play for the Crusaders. Uh, thought the very kicking game <laughs> off the Crusaders was crucial on Saturday night. So accurate. An opinion, please, Izzy. I thought Caleb Trask was brutally exposed to this poor positional play, poor kicking game. And come on, man, make the ball, carry a Sevu, make a pass. We'll get Izzy's thought on that later this hour. Brett, thank you for your message. The I was Blues... just about to get into the Chiefs, Louis. I was just about uh, to yeah. get 
yeah, cheese yeah, and ran yeah. out of time. Okay? Yeah, yeah. No, no, we'll, we'll circle back. Don't worry. The Blues won't challenge Crusaders until Rico moves back to the win. That's Dean and Ethan is coming good and Scott Barrett stepping up. Future All Blacks captain. I think you might be onto something there. Dean, what did you make of the games, uh, the round of Super Rugby? Who has taken the outright lead for favouritism? And Charles Leclerc has come in second place. P2. Max Ooh. Verstappen has hung on to win oh. the Saudi Grand Prix. This is going to be an incredible title fight between Ferrari and Red Bull. Mercedes, nowhere to be seen. Uh, McLaren, another tough weekend. We'll break that down this week as well. Right now, it's the news with other half for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Choices, flooring pole, not far away. Catch Pacific Flair with Peter Alatini and Ricardo Ball from 5.30 this evening on ECNZ. Ah, ECNZ, 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. If you know anything about me, Louis Herman Watt, it said I love a themed Choices Flooring Pole. And at half past seven, well, today, <laughs> Kempe, you didn't let it slip. It's Oscars Day. We're going to the glitz, the glam of Hollywood, mate, under the bright lights of uh, <laughs> the Taranaki, mate. We'll, um, we'll take you there. We'll teleport you there from one place to another. See your floor change Can't in an wait. instant with room view. And because it's Oscars Day, lads, I thought, well, we have to do a themed movie-type poll. And I've got one for you. And it is, what Kiwi sporting moment from the last year would win the Best Picture movie? Best Picture Award. And here are your nominees. (laughs) Gold, starring Lisa Carrington. A Kiwi Cup, with J. Mac Waller and Very Elegant. King Kane and the World Test Champions. One last style bender. The meteoric rise of Israel Adosanya. Those are your four nominees for Best Picture of 2021 and 2022. It's Oscars Day. What would win it? Gold starring Lisa Carrington. A Kiwi Cup with J. Mac Waller and Very Elegant. King Kane and the World Test Champions. Or one last style bender. The meteoric rise of Israel Adesanya. Head to the Baz and Izzy stream in your SENZ app now. Go to the SENZ app. Click on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast stream. And vote away. What would it be? What's your initial reactions here, Kempe? I like the last one because I just, you know, I'm not really one to sit down and watch, you know, a boat or I watch horses all the time, but I love watching fighting. <laughs> I like a bit of action, mate. I'm an action man when I'm looking at movies, so Izzy's sort of got me straight away with the title. What about yeah. you, Daggy? Oh, a bit stuck, Louie. A bit stuck because they're all good options. And, uh, you know, what do you think? Oh, I'm going number two. Just love that, mate. Love very elegant and J-Mac just getting the job done, mate, for the Kiwi Cup on the big stage, Melbourne Cup. Oh, And you know what's worse? I didn't back it, and I backed it last year, so I'm just really gutted. <laughs> well, you can so back okay. it. You can actually punt. Dude, the, you how lucky we are like, with all those, mate. That's so cool. Oh, mate, I had to leave so many off as well. Gold starring mm. Lisa Carrington. You can just imagine the like, beautiful drone footage of Lake Catapero. Oh, I mean, there's, they should all be movies. Text us, double eight, double three. What is your best picture uh, winner, award winner? It's Oscars Day today, if you're wondering why. Gold starring Lisa Carrington, a Kiwi Cup with J. Matt Waller, a very elegant King Kane and the World Test Champions, or One Last Style Bender, the meteoric rise of Israel Adesanya. Head to the Baznazi for breakfast stream in your SCNZ app, and you can click and vote there, or send me a text on double eight, double three. Izzy, we're going to head off, and we're going to come back, and we're going to get your mm. take on the Chiefs. 
Okay, David yeah. Harvey is coming up, yeah. so we're going to talk Crusaders, yeah. but we need yeah. your take on the Chiefs, otherwise we'll be accused of not oh, being balanced. Okay, one-eyed. Take my patch off, okay. All right, 23 oh. minutes away from 8 o'clock. <laughs> the other eye after this. Get off and have a wee chat to David Harvey, because it was a man and it was his moment of the weekend when he played his 100th game for the Crusaders. With a disrupted build-up and pressure on the Crusaders for a statement after the Chiefs got their best Got the best of their first encounter this year. Raises men in red and black answered emphatically on Saturday, beating the Chiefs 34-19 in a classically fierce battle between the sides. It was an improved breakdown performance and some lightning fastball that meant the Crusaders could make a milestone match for David Harvilly. One worth celebrating. After playing his 100th game for the Crusaders, David Harvilly, my favourite, is on the line at the moment. Thank you. I've just got my McCafe coffee being delivered, so he's knocking on the door. Sorry about that. Uh, Davey, morning, brother. Morning, bro. How are you? Oh, I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. Very, very proud of you. You know that. Uh, mate, tell us about that moment, the week leading up to, to Saturday night when you got to don the jersey for your 100th time, mate. Very, very well done. Yeah, cheers, bro. Appreciate that, Diggy. Um, yeah, it was sort of a bit of a broken week, but um, we had boys coming back in and out uh, with obviously COVID and and whatnot, but um, we did the best we could, and um, I thought we had a really good good week around um, just the stuff we wanted to go into the game. And I thought we executed our game plan game plan pretty well, and um, yeah, to get a to w- get a win on the hundred was uh, pretty special, and especially to get up there and uh, get the job done was was awesome as well. Now tell us about the breakdown. I spoke about it um, earlier on, about the breakdown work. Um, your guys' breakdown was right on. You know, you're clearing the ball for Britain and uh, Richie Moonga. Was that a huge focus, not only with ball in hand, but uh, uh, the ability to slow down and disrupt the Chiefs ball? Was that a main focus for the, for this week, for last week? Yeah, I think so. I think um, Tom, Tom and Ellison had a good plan around what we need to do to get LQB. And um, I think if you give the Chiefs a lot of go-for ball, they they can really hit you at times, and um, we managed to slow their breakdown down. I think that's with everyone, really. And um, You've seen them once we had a lot of quick ball, we were able to you know, get it to the edge, and the players like Will Jordan and Seville in the back mm. backfield were um, pretty special around what they could do in a bit of space, and then um, we just had Bridgie being able to get up for those contestables all night and create pressure through that as well. On a, just on mm. that win, well done, mate, and well done on your on your hundred hundredth game. Um, really enjoyed you watched you play, not only for the Crusaders but um, last year's tour. I thought you were outstanding, mate. There's a rumour going around that you guys had a, an unbelievable theme going up to this game up in Waikato. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Stop trying to dig. <laughs> Stop trying to uh, dig. Uncle. I think. Uh... <laughs> wasn't sort of the theme. I think it was just like our mindset going into the game. Like we knew we had to go up there and, and challenge them. You know, we weren't going to be able to go up there and just, you know, scrum and more. We had to actually have to play and make sure they had to make tackles to be able to create space off the ball. And um, it just showed them all the way to that 60th minute. It was could have been anyone's game. And um, I think we just done enough to be able to create space on the edge and um, a few tired bodies on the edge got got our outsides into the game and um, they scored a few good tries. Mate, tell us about your connection with um, Will, with Will Jordan, mate. Like on the weekend, I saw probably three or four, five opportunities where you were chipping it over. You were chipping it over and Will was chasing through, so there was that space there. Like, Tell us about the the work that goes on during the week, your, your connections with 
with Will. Not only Will, you're, you're outside backs as well. Yeah, it's, I think me and Will have got a pretty good relationship on the field and he's he's one mm. you just need to get the ball in his hands and like um, I think if you're hearing a call from Will out on the field, it's a lot of instinct play, so you're just getting the ball in the hands or putting the ball into a space, but a lot of the connection comes from a golf course, Daggy, as you would know. So um, that's probably <laughs> where we spend our most time off, off the field. So yeah. um, that's where probably yeah, a lot of it comes from. Yeah, clubs. <laughs> yeah, the Dag yeah. Foundation. Hey, Dave, just um, <laughs> mate, there's a, you, you know, obviously got an uh, awesome back line, you guys. Um, and Reese, when he went through, I, I guess when he scored that try, really changed the... The, the face of the game after the 60th minute, but the the centre Leicester Fong Nuku mate, what do you what do you think his chances are this year wearing the black jersey? Oh look, I think it's only a matter of time for Leicester. Like he's he's been playing pretty well and um, he's been exceptionally well for us this year. And I think um, over sort of the next year or two, I think you'll see him go to the next level. Just the way that he can carry and get over the game line is probably. The best I've seen um, for a long time, and like mm. you know, once you get the ball in his hands, it's just hard to stop, and that's something you, you need in your <laughs> midfield. And being able to get him to create a bit of space for me around the ball is um, pretty good as well. Oh man, he's outstanding! I've, I've pictured him on the week. I've called for him to potentially get there and higher honours. But hey, Fozzie and the crew will probably know more than me, mate. Hey, quickly talk back to your game. You oh, you played everywhere. You played. I remember my first game. You started on wing, then you went to fullback. You played ten. Now you're playing twelve, mate. How are you finding that transition into the twelve jersey? And I I thought on Saturday that was your best performance of of of, of the season, mate. You're a clinical. You're everywhere. You're busy. You're defensively really sound. Are you enjoying playing a bit of twelve, bud? Yeah, definitely enjoying the twelve jersey. It's um yeah, like you said, I've had a few um, positional changes and. I think, you know, last year was my first year in the jersey and I think um, yeah. just working off what I've done in the last couple of years around um, putting on a wee bit more size and getting getting conditioned to the to the midfield has been really good and, um, yeah, I'm feeling comfortable in that area and if I can just keep getting my preparation right throughout the week and being really consistent and um, hopefully that shows in the next couple of weeks as well. Hey, Dave, you've played a bit of league, eh? I can tell, mate, just the way you carry the ball and the way you tackle. Um... Not a lot of league. I played one game for. Uh, that was all you needed, mate. Title. Turned you into an All Black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah one, one game at school, and then um, he got told off by the first team coach not to not to give that a go again. So I had to oh, go back to rugby. Still, ha- still happening, is he? Still happening down the south. <laughs> Stop trying to recruit Kempi, as you can tell. He's trying to get all the gravy themes, recruiting league players, mate. He's all up for it, old Kempi. Hey, quick, before I let you go, Davey, honestly, you've got so much time for you. I'm very, very proud of you. I'm one of my, my best mates, mate. What does it mean to play 100 games for the Sacred Club of the Crusaders? Yeah, it's definitely body special. And, like, um, you know, just walking in today and seeing the, the 100 gamers on the wall and knowing that I'm going to be yes. up against Beside them, it's pretty special, and um, it was cool just to be able to have the family there to experience that, which, um, you know, they've been there right from the start, and um, to have the crowds back and being able to get them up there was was awesome too, and to have them to share the experience in the change room after was extra special. So, yeah, pretty grateful this morning. Yeah, beautiful, Davey. It's not very often we get your old man in a suit, mate. You must have been pretty blown yeah. away to see him in a suit, eh? <laughs> First time I've ever seen him in a suit. Rocks up, full suit. <laughs> oh, man, it was so funny. But they're so, 
Hey, <laughs> mate, that's so proud of you. Like all of us, we're very, very proud of you, David Harvilly. Congratulations, mate, on playing 100 games for the Sacred Club Crusaders. And uh, you're only a young fella, too. You've got many, many more. There's, Congrats, cheers for coming mate. on the show, brother. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's March the 28th and it's a Monday after a big weekend of sport. We've been reflecting on Super Rugby. We haven't even got into the NRL, but it'll be coming, Uncle. It'll be coming where you're going to put us on your shoulders and carry us through and break down not only the Warriors, all that unfolded over the weekend. Some big, big upsets over the weekend and we're going to dive into that very, very shortly. Got to read a few texts here. Louis, and this is from Mark. Good, mor- good morning, Izzy, Kempi, Louis, Aroha, and the kitchen, which is only Joe because Kez is a wee ease away. A little bit crooked today. Hope you're all right, brother. I have been thinking about your question this morning on coaches. I like Izzy think coaches get a bad rap for teams, poor performance in the case of the women's cricket. I don't think this is the case, however. Nine wins from 32 games. Not a great record for any sport. I think if the best man or woman for the job is a Kiwi, then always Kiwis first. But if not, best is better second is the first loser. Let's become a country where that motto rings true again. Enough of this participation medals are okay. And that is from Mark. Yes, he wants the best of the best to be there no matter where you are from or what you're about. So that's a great text message there from Mark. And then just one more. Hey, boys, Kempi, what did you think of the sending off in the Knights game apart from the fact that sport a top game of footy? Slot worse than Latrell's. That is from Mark. What do you think of that, Kimby? Oh, it was no. Look, I, I think the media. I think the media had took some liberties with um, the send off by calling it a dog shot and all that sort of stuff. There's a little bit of a push and a shove and a raise of an elbow, and uh, it did ruin the game because the Knights were right in it uh, up until that point, mm. and they're never going to beat the beat the reigning premiers with a with a 12 man side. So, uh, Mitch Barnett, mate, he'll probably. If, you know, because the media have jumped on the back of it, he'll probably find himself spending eight weeks on the sideline. Mate. I just think that's a little bit too much, too much for what um, what actually happened. So, um, you know, mm. we're, everyone's going to have a, a, a different opinion on that. Um, but I just think the context of, of football, you take you take one man out against Penrith. I, to be honest, I turned TV off. That was it. Yeah, my day was done. Nice, <laughs> nice, Uncle. Well, we'll rip into that uh, later on in this hour. I've got a quick text before we get off. How good were the Moana Pacifica? Chuck the cheeky tenor on at them playing 12 bucks. That is from Richie. I'm pretty sure a few people out there would have got paid and would have been very, very happy. In a weekend of feel-good victories, there was one that decades in the making. Turnover for Moana Pacifica. They survived the raid. And now they'll look to turn the Hurricanes around. What's the bounce like? What's the kick like? It's brilliant! What's the chase like? It's magic! Danny Koala, can you believe it? <laughs> oh, you could just vaguely hear me there in the background losing the plot up in the commentary box. I was privileged to be there, witness to history as Moana Pacifica put it all together against all against the odds to down the Hurricanes and Golden Point and make it known to everyone they are not making up the numbers and they are here for good. No one has done more to see this moment come to fruition than patron of Moana Pacifica, the legendary Sir Brian Williams, and we can only imagine how satisfying the result must have been for those who dreamed and believed. Sir BG is on the line with us this morning. Morning, Sir Brian. Yeah, Morena. Uh, Izzy, how are you? And Kempi. Morena, Brian. We're, we're, we're very cool. 
Very good. Morena Bryant. Um, we, we're up and about, mate. I was there with this, uh, the great game on Friday night. For you, mate, how, how was that special moment? I saw uh, you and uh, Sir Michael Jones on the sideline, mate. It must have been a huge, uh, huge, huge occasion, a special occasion. Well, I, I loved your commentary, uh, mate. You, you, were, you were almost as excited as we were. It was fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, it was, it was a special victory. I don't, I don't think I've been that excited for a hell of a long time. And uh, we were high-fiving and, and uh, <laughs> hip-pumping and all sorts. <laughs> Tick-tocking, it was a wonderful occasion. <laughs> 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 oh, that's that's awesome. That's awesome, Brian. Hey, BG, the 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 win for Pacifica, not just in New Zealand, but for all of our whānau that are watching over in the islands. What does that do for the game? Well, I, you know, it's been a long journey uh, for us, Kempi, and um, you know, twenty five, twenty six years in in the making when when uh, Pacifica were left out of uh, Super Rugby and. I was coaching the Samoan team at that stage, and, and the sense of grievance at that stage was was uh, profound. You know, we'd made quarterfinals of World Cups, all that sort of thing. So to be left out then uh, was, was galling, really. But you know, uh, here we are. The opportunities come, and um, to get our first win on Friday night was was uh, just special. The, the challenges that we've had to overcome um, to, mm. to get here. Uh, uh, plentiful and um, you know so <laughs> huge excitement huge excitement hey, uh, so BG we've spoken about um, identity and, and an BG, environment and co- <laughs> BG okay sorry BG uh, we've spoken about identity and environments and cultures how a big part and how pivotal that is to any success within team sport and, and, and whether it's sport or, or just business as, as usual Tell us how how important is the the, the identity for Moana Pacifica. I can see it; it's oozing outside of the, the the team. You see it within the singing. You know, everyone becoming together. Like, how important is the identity of Moana Pacifica? Well, you, you've hit the nail right on the head. It, it's extremely important, and and um, you know the singing after the match and and uh, the prayer and and uh, the lotu. Um, all those things mean a lot. You know, the, the guys are playing for, for their families, uh, for, for their people, mm. for their heritage. And, um, and they're all united in it. You know, um, when, when, you, when you're with in amongst the team, you, you just get the sense that they're, they're so united and, and uh, so intent on, on making their people mm. proud. And, and on that note, uh, you know, here we go Tuesday night again. And... and um, <laughs> We're offering uh, 20%, 20% uh, discount, boys, for tickets. So uh, uh, this yeah. is BG from marketing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Love take it. The, take the 20%. Yeah, big, big, night, big night at uh, Mount Smart uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> and, and BG, just on the, you know, the I guess your your thoughts on the, the horizon for the Moana Pacifica side, you know, that, that drop down into our, our pathways. Do we see do we see that changing, or do you see that changing where kids who are playing rugby at school start wearing the Moana Pacifica jersey and aspiring to be in that jersey over the next ten to fifteen years? Well, I, I believe so, Kempi, because um, you know many of the kids identify uh, with with what we're about, and I, I I think it's fair to say that that. Uh, 
you know, most of the kids still, still want to be All Blacks. You know, uh, Sir Michael and I, Kevin Senior, we, we all played for the All Blacks. So, so we're, we're, we're true blue Kiwis, but um, we wear this other hat. You know, the blood that uh, flows through our veins is, is Pacifica. And um, as, as mentioned, you know, uh, when, when we uh, were left out so many years ago, it was it's always been a dream to uh, uh, become part of the, the uh, mainstream professional competition. And what it, what it means for the, for the players is that um, those players who don't make the All Blacks can, can go on and play for Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, uh, Cook Islands. And, and, um, and, and we, we then get you know, a meaningful uh, competition down in this neck of the woods. Um, guys who are uh, playing at, at that level week in, week out and I put them in an international uh, competition, like, like the Six Nations up, up north. You know, maybe in, in uh, June, July, after the, the, the Super Rugby's over. And, and then you get meaningful competition instead of you know, some of the games we've seen in, in recent years, uh, in the middle of July, when guys only have a week to prepare. Uh, they're not prepared, and, and they, get, they get walloped. Mm. So uh, that, I can see that happening in time. It's, you just touched on it right then and there, BG, with the preparation. Um, you know, for, for the minor Pacifica now, they've got the belief. They know they can win. What do you think Aaron Major and Philo Tiatia will be doing this week to instill the standards, stay high, um, that they're, they're ticking all the – not only ticking boxes, they're actually doing everything possible that they can put on a performance tomorrow and Saturday night because when you get a win, you can go, ah, relief, we've got the job done. But now they've got to go again and again – you know, what do you think the messaging is this week from Aaron Major? Well, as we know, mate, um, one one swallow doesn't make a summer, and, and they'll be emphasising mm. uh, that that very point. But but um, you know, it's only one game, and and this is a a long longer uh, competition. So so we need to maintain our standards. I. I um, I'm pretty sure the boys wouldn't have celebrated uh, much on on Friday night. Um, yeah, they they might have you know uh, had had a bit of a celebration, but it, it's it's going to be a really really hard week, you know, to play the Blues mm. uh, Tuesday and and Saturday again, and then uh, play the following week as well. It's it's going to be a, a hell of an ask, and and they they know that. Um, I think we're all realistic. Uh, you know, we're, yep. we're like everyone else. We, we've um, had the COVID. We've, we've had injuries, and um, uh, one, or, one or two again the other night. So it's, it's going to be a, a case of how you um, handle your resources and 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 try mm. and motivate them to uh, produce their best every, every time. Yeah, beautiful, PG. Hey, uh, quickly, we'll just touch on the game. I, I, I think defensively, Moana Pacifica, they don't have any problems making tackles after tackles. We spoke about the ferociousness of their defence. They rush out of line. They put teams under pressure, and uh, and that's the, that goes a long way for them putting in the performances that they've had. But with the ball, what would you like to see them do with the ball? I know most of their tries come off the first or second, third phase, so they're scoring really quickly, but their ability to ball pressure has been a struggle. What would you like to see them, uh, them do better, ball in hand? Well, I, I think one of the features uh, of, of the tries we, we've managed to score is, is the interpassing and, and the offloads. And, mm. and um, yeah, you know, when when you get guys 
running into gaps and, and uh, people able to offload like, like these fellows can. Um, you're going to create opportunities. So, um, but but what, what we need to do is win more ball and and um, uh, up front and and uh, be mm. be more disciplined. You know, we, we're giving away a lot of lot yeah. of penalties, uh, some of which I was baffled by, by the way. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> just so saying, was Kimpy. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, we we need to be um, more disciplined, and and our set pieces obviously uh, need to start to work. I, I think our scrum was actually a lot better on um, mm. on on Friday night, and and um, and and some of the lineout work too. We, we've you know we lost Mike McKee, our, our lock, uh, um, yeah, in the Chiefs game the previous week, and and uh, he he'd been going really well for us, so. Uh, we're, we're a wee bit um, depleted in, in that area, but I, I thought you know that the locks who played on uh, on Friday night did a really good job. Um, by Koso Polignati and um, Sam Slade, and, and then um, yeah. young Alex McRobbie uh, came on, um, and, and I thought he played really well. So you know the, the guys are giving their guts; they're trying trying hard, and. Um, and, and that's all you can ask. You know, one of our objectives was to give some of these lesser lights uh, an opportunity. And, and uh, I, I, we all knew that once you give them an opportunity, they'll, they'll rise to the occasion. And, and that's what we're starting to see. And isn't, yeah. isn't that what it's all about, BG, giving someone an opportunity and they step up and take it with both hands? Hey, be remiss of me. I was one of those kids back in the late 70s that used to go and hang out at my uncle's place, sell the milk bottles and get some chocolate so I could sit up and watch football up in the, the Northern Hemisphere when you and Grant Batty and the great um, Bruce Robinson were running around in the centres. I just want to ask about those days. You had the little dynamo and Grant Batty on one side and you, yourself on the other. What did what what was the, the conversations like before you two went out and tore up the rest of the world? Did you, did you, <laughs> did you sit down with each other and, and say, right, I'm going to bash people by the way I run, and you're just going to come in over the top of them and finish them off. How, what were those conversations <laughs> like? Well, uh, we used to have a lot of fun, uh, to be fair, and, and um, uh, you know there, there was a bit of uh, banter going on about uh, who was going to score the tries and, and uh, uh, that sort of thing. But no, no, bats has always been a, a real. Uh, character and, and as you mentioned, we, we had that great centre Bruce Robertson in, inside of us, and uh, and he, he was he was an absolute legend. That guy, and he um, he, he set us up for for so many uh, wonderful tries. So um, great great memories uh, for all of us. Still in still in touch with with uh, quite a few of the guys. So we've lost a few of, of my mates. Uh, you know, uh, we're getting we're getting uh, to advanced years now, boys. So. You know, that seems to be what happens. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it with your TikTok going. You've done a few TikToks, right, BG? Oh, well, I, I've got 15 grandchildren, mate, so they're right into TikTok, so granddad's got to try and keep up. <laughs> oh, awesome, BG. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So give us your one little marketing plug before you go. Mount Smart, tell us. Yeah, Mount Smart Stadium tomorrow night. Uh, tickets twenty percent uh, reduction uh, for all our nice. our supporters, and uh, get there nice and early because um, 
there'll be lots of, you know, to, to be able to get a, a, a full crowd uh, there, um, there'll be lots of singing and dancing and music and flags and food and everything yes. that goes with uh, Pacifica. So that, that's, uh, that's BG from marketing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh it's Brian Williams. Thank you so much, BG. We appreciate you here on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Go well tomorrow night, and congratulations making history on Friday night winning it, uh, winning that match over the Hurricanes. Cheers, BG. No, thank you. Thank you so much, boys. Plenty going on over the weekend, boys. Love Racing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. And, well, Gino Severini, he loves a mile, and he got the Group 2 Japan stakes. Hypnos was flying late down the outside on the heavy track. Hypnos, next start, ridden all over him when he gets some more ground into him. But today, it's Group 1 Mondays. Yeah, yeah, tab.co.nz. You can head to the uh, the website and have a look at the markets. We've got the Kia Tancred Stakes, the Group 1, where the chosen one is $15 and $3.80. So this, th- these races were meant to be run on uh, Saturday, but Rose Hill was bottomless and it wasn't safe to run, so they've pushed them back. The 2,400-metre Tancred Stakes is today and also the Group 1 Vinery Stakes today, but it comes down from 2,000 metres to 18 me- 1850. I don't know what that changes or does as far as who it suits, but Gypsy Goddess is right there in the market for David Van Dyke is the favourite there, and she's been super impressive this preparation. So this is a race to the three-year-old fillies, and my top selection in the Kia Tancred Stakes today, well, Juas. Juas was tipped out by Mick D on the mail run a couple of weeks ago and won. Look, it meets a similar type of field, a good barrier. It is the, the lowest uh, weighted horse in the race being the mare, and I can't see Jewis really going a bad race here. $3 is probably short enough. There's some good chances in the race, including the chosen one, Spanish Mission, think it over. But I think Jewis is definitely the one to stop here. Would you disagree, Kempi? No, not at all, Louis. I think, um, I think you've knocked it on the head. Um, paying good money too, fours and threes. Um, I think it's a good good multi there for the boys to kick off the Monday. Uh, as long as Izzy stays in bed and sorts his kids out this afternoon, um, we should be we should be rolling in it, Izzy. Okay, so we'll look after you when you get up here. But um, please, mate, just just hang out with the kids in the pool while all those you know kids down in down in Chiefs Country have to swim in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be swimming in the white cutter, would you? Pauline Mwadi for we're just, <laughs> we're just building up Uncle before we get into the league. You know, just getting them started. prodding. Yeah. Just prodding and then bang! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah, for cattle prodding. Yeah, that's right. Um, Pauline Mwadi, tab.co.nz. Group 1 Mondays, Paulie. This is funny. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, yeah, I wasn't expecting it, but uh, obviously after the weather they had in Sydney on the weekend, here we are on a Monday with a couple of big Group 1s at Newcastle. So, um, Breaking news, we're going to make every race at Newcastle a bonus back oh, race today. Oh, yes, boy! <laughs> nice. All, all yes, seven boy. races. Now, uh, this is this is breaking news because there's nothing up on the website yet to tell anyone oh. that it's going to be a bonus back uh, promotion on every race at Newcastle. So uh, your listeners get first uh, dibs. Yes. Uh, it's, yep, all seven races today at Newcastle, bonus back. 
this is this is this is such good news because on a Monday it's all I want to do is like I'm so itchy after the weekend losing getting my ass kicked on the punt so I just want to rectify that and today I get the chance Regal Lion White Noise for Murray Baker and the Tullock Stakes as well Paulie you're going to take a flood of cash turnover will be good on a Monday good we need to get some of that back because um, all those Warrior supporters (laughs) they, they took a chunk out of our purse on the weekend Please tell me you had not yeah. shortened them in for top eight. You cannot, after that performance, you, can, you cannot. They're on a roll. They're on a roll. They're into 460 to make the top eight. No! I like it. He's bringing them in. I like it. That's actually, that's really unfair, Paul. There's lots of victims out there that you are going to be <laughs> taking uh, with that. All right, well, we'll reflect on a group one day tomorrow, Paulie. Thanks for your time as always. TAB.co.nz, hundreds, thousands, cheers, Paulie, thousands of uh, promotions and play, all that sort of thing. You can get your head around markets galore up there. We'll have a, we'll do our best to try to find you a winner. Um, with the with the track coming back a little bit, it should be better today. White noise from Barrier 6 with Jamie Carr really does come into it in the Tullock Stakes for Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman. So that's very, very exciting. After this, we're going to get our Choices Flooring Poll result. What is the best picture movie? Oscars. That would have been from this New Zealand sports scenario over the last year. You can go to the SCNZ app and vote. You've still got about four minutes to vote. Is it J-Mac, Carrington? Is it Israel Adesanya, the Black Caps? The lot, they're there. Go have your choice and we'll get the results after this. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Oh, it is Oscars Day. Tuxedos on, red carpets, lights shining. In the palace, which is Tony Kemp's Murawai mansion down there on the Dag Estate. They're all lining up, the Rolls Royces pulling up, getting out of there in their <laughs> penguin suits. What a day it is. Best picture nominees include Jane Campion's Power of the Dog. How good would a bit of Kiwi success be? We would love to see that. But more importantly, our choices flooring poll today, we lobbed out with a kiwi sporting flavour and I've got the results for you. You wouldn't believe it. We've had an absolute boil over. We haven't. This one, I, I could have picked this. If there were odds that you could have backed this choices flooring poll, I would have picked this. Choices flooring room view program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. The nominees for best picture for the last year in New Zealand sport were Gold, starring Lisa Carrington. A Kiwi Cup with J-Mac and Very Elegant. King Kane and the World Test Champions. And one last stylebender, the meteoric rise of Israel Adesanya. And taking top honours for this year's best picture is... King Kane and the World Test Champions. There you go. The Black Caps. They weren't always in the lead here, but they have taken it. And um, I guess there's a lot of suffered and and long-pained New Zealand cricket fans, Izzy, that have always waited for that result. And if this was a movie, you could put all that context. You could have Baz playing a starring role of the last World Cup we had in New Zealand. And then the heartbreak in Smithies by barest of margins. And then the ultimate glory. So I can see how it's a movie. Yeah, I can I can see that, mate. Like everyone, right now the Black Cats when they play, they're expected to win. They're expected to win every match that they play, in, and that's the expectations of the, of the country. And that's because of what they've been able to do over the last couple of years. They've put in performance. They've won championships. They've nearly won the ODI uh, championship against England. Like they're there, thereabouts. Not only in one format, all formats as well. So you can you can understand why people 
uh, are getting back on the black cat's arm bandwagon. He's sleeping in again, Gimby. Show some respect, Uncle. Were you not a cricket fan? Mate, I didn't even know that that was even one of the... Honestly, when he said something about Kane then, I thought he was talking about Kane the flanker for the for the Chiefs. <laughs> True story. Oh, come was, on, That Uncle. would have been like a... That was, that was like our, Kiwi coming... That's our Skip's that was team. Like Kiwi coming that's from our Skip's rear, team. Well, that's our Skip's team. Hey, he actually... He's um, snoring on bears. Oh, of course, mate. Jeez. Good man. He would have been bring a ton of bags home. <laughs> it's easy on Kempi, mate. We're gonna get see you are you have been wound up with the cattle prod a bit early. We've got a we've got a little we've got about five minutes before we wind you up and let you go. Uh, just on Baz, Calcutta Night Riders, yeah. They bowled yeah. so so well. And it was only MS Dhoni for Chennai that actually got them a, a decent result, but the boys were in control. Aya was looking good. Um, Billings had a little contribution as well. Uh, yeah, the lads are looking good, and Baz was looking handsome as ever nice. on the sidelines. So 1-0 to the good guys in the IPL. Sorry, Flemo. And after this, well, 0800 you can hear how kind of tense he is. You can hear how he's just... He's kind of like... The muscle shirt's on. Yeah, he's rattling. Kempi's going to talk league. 0800 150 811, the Kenard phone line. Give us a call. Talk some NRL with Kempi. Who was the best of the weekend and who was the worst? And more importantly, can the Warriors be worthy of $4.50 for, <laughs> to the top eight? Because I don't think they can. It was a pretty poor performance on Friday night and Kempi's going to tell us all about it after this on SCNZ Baz and Izzy for breakfast. G'day, Steve Devine here. Tune in 7.30 on a Wednesday evening to talk all things Blues rugby for the Blues Brothers. On SENZ. Head to Chemist Warehouse and save on big brands like Go Healthy Ashwagandha 8000 Plus High Potency 60s, $19.99. Or Paco Rabanne Invictus 100. Um, Sydney City, they've, they've had the, the wood over them over the last few years and Latrell Mitchell gets the last laugh against um, Joseph Manu, big build-up to that local derby, so... Um, yeah, mate, I, I was looking forward to the Knights game against the Panthers. I thought, you know, top of the table clash and it would, would hold the Knights in good stead if they could get the win. But Ponga pulls out. They lose um, they lose a man after, well, I think it was 20-odd 20, 20 minutes, and, and then that was the end of the game. So um, happy the Warriors got a win. Um, <laughs> self's self's the, 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 winner, the winner of the round, I think. Um, but, the, but the sleeping giant, mate, Cronulla, definitely, definitely. Mm. They're looking real good. Uncle, can I just ask you about Latrell? Um, what, what's your take on, on Latrell Mitchell? Um, just just his game, where he's at at the moment, uh, playing wise, fitness wise. What what what, what do you th- what do you think on Latrell? Well, he, he looks like one of those players that you know, like a lot like myself, really. When when I was playing, he'd be carrying carrying a bit of extra um, put in and and you know he look, he doesn't look like he can play that position at fullback, which which covers so much ground, you know what I mean, in, in, mm. in the modern game uh, of NRL. But I'll tell you what, you know, since Greg Inglis, this is the, the next yeah. kid off the block. He, um, I got to meet Latrell when he was 17. Him and Joseph Manu were living in a house at, at Sydney City. I went over there and I did a, did a chat to their house. And in that house was Joseph Manu, Latrell Mitchell, and a couple of other young blokes that have gone on and kicked on mm. into first grade. Um Mate, he was a star back then in the under-20s. Him and Joseph Manu were ripping it apart for the Sydney City guys. And now to see those two... Like, Joseph Manu's our best player in New Zealand by country mile. You know what I mean? Completely so they're, agree. They're, 
there is no better player yeah. coming out of Tokoroa than Joseph Manu, and and I'm so happy um, that he represents our country. And I think Latrell Mitchell's not too far away from James Tedesco taking over that number one um, position with Tom Trebojevic, uh in Australia. So, you know, what do I think of him, mate? He'd be he'd be the first name on your team shit every week. I think that's how Souths approach it. But look how he plays beautiful, Origin. Beautiful. You know, you see, yeah. did you see him step up in Origin? Like, he mm. he's one of those players that's really good at NRL level. But when he goes to Origin, when he goes to Australia, he just goes to another level again. It's it's awesome to watch. I, I love I love Latrell. Like when he gets the ball, he's going to create something. He's so powerful. He's such a big big athlete. I'm just wondering if he gets that extra bit of fitness base behind him, like those repeated efforts that he's hit, repeated involvements in the game, it'll just go take his game to another level. The more time the trail touches the ball and gets his hand on the ball, the better. I just seen a couple of occasions on the weekend when um, Cook went to look out the back and, and go wide, that, and the trail was there, he just wasn't, one, wasn't quite in, in position, but that's just the way he plays, you know, like he's he knows when he's got to have his big impact involvements and be a part of the game, so yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd just get your take on that, mate, Well said. Yeah, and, and oh, I think he does get better. Is he? You know, we're round three. I think yeah. he does get better and fitter um, and plays yeah. a bigger part in the game. Kimpy, mm. when I look at, and I've watched the like the, the first three rounds, and when I look at the table and I run my eye over it, as a Warriors fan, I'm really concerned, and not necessarily even because the position the Warriors are in, and I understand that they have to get wins in those scrappy games like the Tigers, and even though it was maybe the worst game of NRL people have seen in a long time, you have to win them. Why I'm concerned is because I look at teams like the Bulldogs, I look at teams like the Raiders, the Titans, um, look, to, to be of oh, the Knights, um, to be honest, the Cowboys, even the Broncos, even though they were bad, I can see that they've got something. And I think these are the teams that we should have been beating and we should be beating and we have to beat. And I'm starting to wonder how far we have to go if we actually realistically can do that against all those teams. Are you having cold sweats or is it just me? No, I'm not having cold sweats. <laughs> I was back in 2005, but not not these days. I don't I don't get cold sweats over the Warriors anymore. But I I, I hear what you're saying. You know, like um, you know, Canberra should never have won that game the other night. You know what I mean? They were down 20 by 20 odd points, and they showed some fight to come back. I, I think it's when you're looking at those teams down the bottom, the Titan, you know, the Titans at the moment, you know, the Seagulls. Um, they're sides that are going to be pushing up towards the eight, and and I just I think that bottom sort of below the bottom uh, the top four that bottom uh, lot are, are are really close this year. And if you don't get those wins that you should win, um, you will get left behind a little bit. And, and that game, you know, I'm I'm not saying anything that everyone anyone else uh, isn't saying. The game between the Warriors and the West Tigers was one you just want to throw in the in the rubbish. But it was a ter- <laughs> it was a terrible game, you know. Like and they and they mm. got the win. The Warrior boys got the win, and I'm real happy for them. Um, but you can you can't show up against you know South or Sydney City like that. Oh, it's um, going to be brutal. Yeah, it'll it'll you'll just you'll get towed up if you if you if you go on with that. And I think what what Brownie's saying is that, you know, you listen to his comments on the weekend. He goes, you know, we played better last week and we got the loss, and we we played poor this week and we get the winner. I, I, I just don't know what I'm going to get from my players week in week out. That's the concern for me. Is that we've touched on in the first two two weeks, we thought they were going to hit the ground running, they didn't, and now we've got a coach saying, look, I just don't know what who's showing up. And, and who's going to play for me the following week. So, 
you know they got the they got the Broncos this week. They're coming off they're smarting off a loss um, yesterday against the local derby and, and the Titans. And mate, they're you know they're going to be tough. The Warriors normally play really good against the Broncos, but they're going to be tough. You know they really need the two points and. Um, it, it's just it just sort of doesn't get any easier for the Warriors, and we need to see a bit more consistency from them. Vaughn Vaughn is mm. text on double eight double three. Disagree with Kim Pierrick and Brandon Smith's our best player. Joey Manu close second though on the uh, Storm. Kempi, I mean, is this more of a case of well done the Eels and gee whiz, like he, he is well, another. Yeah, what a game! Yeah, like, if you're yeah. watching it, you're going like what a betting game too. You know, you get a half time draw, full time draw. Um, I don't know how many people picked that up, but they would have been paying plenty. Mm. And then, you know, Cold Ray Stone follows the football up. You know, referee calls it offside from that drop kick, hits that right up, um, that right upright and bounces back straight into his hand. You know, poor kid's out for the season, stepping off his right leg and tearing his ACL, I think it was. So, um, mm. Melbourne just, they, you know, Parramatta got the wood on Melbourne. They have had the, had the wood on them for the last couple of years. And I was just thinking after that game, you know, if it pans out wrong for them in the in the in the run into the finals, like they don't want to draw Parramatta. They would be they would be the last mm. thing they want to draw. You know, Parramatta just they seem to have this, un, especially Mitchell Moses. Did you see? Did you see Mitchell Moses play, like the, just his kicking game and his running game? I mean, I like I like the kid. I think he I think especially when he play, plays against Melbourne, he steps up. And um, mm. you know, I'm not surprised that they got that one. But well, I didn't pick it. You know, I thought I thought Melbourne were just you know going through the motions again, um, but they've they've got away with with a couple of close wins and and their first loss they're still to hit their straps Melbourne they're, they're miles from it. Absolutely, mate, you yeah. you bang on there. They always take their time. Um, Izzy, your Bulldogs just just you know <laughs> like just. Just going. <clears throat> they they could have there or thereabouts, Louis. No, they, no. Or what, the, well, yeah. actually, what, I, what I'm not even having a crack. Like what what I was saying before yeah. is like the Bulldogs running the Seagulls close, and actually they are there or thereabouts. There's enough you're seeing from them that you actually must be. Look, yeah. There's no reason that the Bulldogs can't can't really contend for that eighth or seventh spot. Yeah, they'll, look, they'll be gutted with that, um, losing, but they're up against a storm side coming off a, a loss, and you don't want a rampant storm side after losing and getting them. So, look, reality is going to be pretty harsh this week when they face the, the Melbourne Storm. But, look, they're there or thereabouts. They're close. They, they took the Seagulls, only a little uh, kick in the end, just getting the job done, uh, 13-12. But I, I know we're going to get off. Quickly, question for you, Kimpy. Todd Payton, what he's been able to do with the with – the Cowboys, and uh, obviously we had him at the Warriors. Uh, like, do you know Todd Payton and, and what kind of coach is he, and like what he's been able to do with the Cowboys, who we thought were probably going to be there or thereabouts towards the bottom, and they're actually playing extremely well and good footy and getting getting the win over the Broncos on the weekend. Yeah, well, he, he was the coach that they they couldn't get. You know, they, it, mm. I remember just before COVID hit that they would talk about Todd Payton signing for the Warriors, and if you remember, he went through that real bad run where they made comments and he had to come on and retract all those comments on on, on the radio and um, just, you know, it was a sort of a bit of, bit of taste in his mouth that the way it was managed. Um, but he's a, good, he's a good young coach, you know, he's doing really well. He's got a good young side up with the Cowboys and the way that he's got, you know, they've got that 19-year-old back row running around at the moment. I hope they can, they can keep him. Um, there's just the, the question around Tom Alolo and whether or not he wants to stay with Peyton. I think they need to sort that mm. part out for Todd Payton to have a successful year.
Bang on, Kempi. We'll talk more nice. NRL Rugby League tomorrow. We'll have a little brainstorm after this about how we can attack it. After this, it's Smithy. The doyen returns. We'll catch up with Ian Smith oh, to sleep on it. After this, it is seven away from nine. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.